The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. Today, I'm speaking with Catherine Kellogg. She's the founder of GoingZeroWaste.com, a lifestyle website dedicated to helping others reduce their trash and live a more holistic lifestyle for both ourselves and the planet. She is also the author of 101 Ways to Go Zero Waste. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's start with your book. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, it's the book that I wish I had when I started looking at reducing my trash and having a more positive impact on the environment. It's something that you can read cover to cover or something that you can pick up and find the exact perfect information for something you're looking for, like flossing or toilet paper and finding a really good, easy solution for that in a really quick way. That's awesome because I know when we start our journeys to zero waste, it can be very overwhelming. And when we start doing trash audits, we look at how much stuff we're using. And just to have that reference, I think, would be absolutely amazing. So that's really cool. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, National Geographic as well? So you are a a spokesperson, is that right? That's correct. So In 2018, National Geographic did a magazine that was all focused on plastics. I was in that issue as well as featured on their Instagram account, and they asked me to do some lives for their Facebook and AMA and go on and speak and help educate people on ways that they could reduce the amount of plastic that comes into their lives. That's amazing. And was that the issue with the plastic bag and kind of the iceberg on the cover? Yes, it was. That was the issue. Yeah, that was sort of like an iconic issue, wasn't it? It was so nice to see that uh, because it is a big issue. And I think just a lot of people don't know really what's going on with the way that we eat every day and how much garbage we produce every day. Um, So certainly with these tips, I think it's really great. Um, Are you doing any work with National Geographic lately? I'm not, no. We were still in contact. I did part of a documentary series with them in December, and that's supposed to be coming out pretty soon. So there's a few small things, but there's nothing... There's not a huge project that we're working on together right this moment. So what are are you working on at this moment? Like, do you have any other partnerships with other people that we know? Are you focusing on your blog with uh, your website goingzerowaste.com? Due to COVID, my book was, my second book release was pushed to till this fall, but I do have a second book coming out called Zero Waste Kids. And wow. it's all about things that kids can do from age range eight to 14, things they can do in their own lives to live a more sustainable life, how to spread that message at school, how to talk to friends and family, and then other small actions that they can take while they're at home. Oh, that's so amazing. You know, the first time I saw your book, it was at a youth meeting. It was called Youth to Youth. Uh, I was a part of the United Way program, and there was a boy that I think would have been around that age uh, that had the book. So I think that that's really, really wonderful. So I can't wait to see that when it comes out. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about you because I'm sure our listeners are dying to know as much as they can about you. Um, you're you're definitely one of those people that everyone looks up to in the zero waste community. So can you tell us a little bit about 
sort of what made you first realize that, you know, we have a problem with our waste? Like, were you always into the environment? Oh, the, oh, first, I just want to say thank you. That was so sweet. Thank you. Uh, first, uh, yeah. So no, no, I was not involved in the environment at all. I came, I'm from Arkansas, which is not necessarily the most eco-friendly progressive state in America. I didn't know what recycling was until I was in college. I was probably as far from an environmentalist as you could think. There was nothing about my life that was outstandingly eco-friendly. So I started making changes because I was trying to work on my personal health and things like cleaning products, for instance. Cleaning companies don't have to legally disclose all of the ingredients in their products, which is crazy. Mm. And beauty products, right? There's a lot of problems that we have in our beauty product industry. Plastics, many of these are known endocrine disruptors, which interfere with our hormones. And I was trying to move to a more natural lifestyle because I was having quite a few health problems. And what I found was the changes I was making for my personal health weren't only better for me, but also better for the health of the planet. Yay. Yes. That's what I'm finding too. I think that I'm so much healthier now. And I used to get sick like a lot uh, with having a little kid and him bringing home germs and stuff. And now that I'm living kind of package free, I don't get flus or colds anymore, which I find very interesting. Whereas my whole life, I was always getting them. So I think there's a huge connection between keeping our bodies healthy and also the environment, which is awesome. So when did you first start your website goingzerowaste.com? I started my website in 2015 because I wanted people to know that whether they lived in Arkansas or whether they lived in the very progressive Bay Area, California, that there were small changes that you could do that would be better for your personal health, better for your wallet, you could save money, and better for the planet. Oh, that's amazing. So it's been going five years. That's so cool. Uh, are there? I know. I know. It's crazy. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's been five years. That's so amazing. And you're on your second book, which is so cool. I had no idea that you were doing a second book. I'm sure everyone who's listening right now is really excited too, <laughs> to hear that. That's so great. So California is quite progressive as you're saying. And are you living in like LA? Is that where you're living now? I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You just said the the Bay Area. Sorry. I'm not too familiar with California, but we do have a lot of listeners from California. The biggest, uh, the biggest listenership comes from California actually, which is kind of cool. So I know that you guys are super into eco-friendly stuff. <laughs> awesome. Um, so is it like, do, are you surrounded by resources? Like, do you have zero waste shops out there? Like, what's it like living in the Bay Area around you, zero waste? Yeah, San Francisco was the first city in the country that banned plastic bags. I believe their plastic bag ban was in effect for 15 years. What? Wow. Yeah, don't quote me on that. I need to double check the facts. Okay, hold on. I'll Google it. San Francisco bag ban first passed in 2007. Wow, that is quite a long time. That's awesome. Yes, and they're one of the few cities that also has a Department of the Environment. It's not super common for a lot of cities to have that those offices and have that available. And I know the girl who runs it, Debbie, she's absolutely amazing. And there's so much work that they really do to help educate citizens. San Francisco had a zero waste goal by 2020. The Department of the Environment does a lot of work in this. So it's a very progressive, very eco-friendly city that is very focused on different ways that not only can the public get involved, but as well as policy, helping businesses get involved. 
the recycling, this curbside composting, the policy initiatives, the amount of access that is available for package-free food and package-free goods and all of the startup companies and communities that are working to create things like imperfect produce where they take mm -hmm. ugly fruits and vegetables that would otherwise be thrown away are now being given new homes at a discount rate. There's just a lot of programs because there are so many people here that really care about making sure our environment is taken care of. Oh, good. That's so amazing. And I think California is a hub for growing food, really. Like we see a lot of food up here in Canada that comes from California, like I know almonds and different fruits and avocados and things like that. Uh, so I think it must be kind of nice to have like so much fresh food around. Are there lots of farmers markets throughout the city? Yes, there are a lot of farmers markets. And I believe California produces a fifth of the food for America. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah, they I produce I'd, a lot of food. Yeah, I think I'd read something like that too. Like, and yeah, you guys are pretty awesome for that, which is cool. And so I guess everyone's probably super friendly with you bringing cloth bags and containers and that stuff. Like you probably don't get very much resistance to that. Well, uh, we didn't until COVID happened. So um, <laughs> for yeah. a while it was going really well. And then once COVID hit, even our... We have temporary, a temporary stay on reusable bags. So you can't bring your reusable bags to the store anymore. You're not allowed to use your cloth bags. So that's kind of a bummer, of course, yeah. but I understand why it's happening. And I just hope that we will quickly be able to go back to using our cloth bags and be able to reduce the amount of packaging that many of us are bringing into our lives. But for me, I personally find it to be a positive because it's, really showing me how dependent I was on my consumer choices and my access, right? So mm -hmm. by having more of my consumer choices tied and having more of my options limited, it's making me examine things on an even larger scale and wanting to push businesses and manufacturers and producers even more to take responsibility over the products they put out into the world. Oh, that's, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit more of some of the things that I saw on your blog. So you wrote an article recently um, about your husband, which is kind of cool. So is is he kind of getting into this as well, like into the zero waste movement? Oh, yeah. He, he probably went zero waste about like fully about a year to two years after I did. So yeah, he's really on board. Oh, that's great. But you were doing it like a little bit before him, right? So that there was no like weirdness or anything? Because I've heard from a couple of my listeners before that, uh, you know, they're the only ones that are, are doing it in the household and they don't know how to approach their partners and kind of this sort of thing. So do you have any advice maybe for people who are trying to get other family members on board? But like, of course, you don't want to be like pushy or anything like that. Yes. So when I decided to go zero waste, Justin wasn't super gung-ho about it. He was a little resistant to the idea and it took him some, it took him a while to come around. And obviously being from Arkansas, right? It was a pretty hard sell for my friends, my family, things like that. So I think I'm a pro at navigating those tricky waters because I've had to do it on so many occasions. And the best way to convince anyone to do 
What you want them to do is to simply authentically live your values and really focus on the fact you're doing this for yourself. I also like to say focus on the selfish, not the selfless. So you're not doing this for the planet or for the animals. You are doing this for yourself. And how has this positively impacted your life? Are you saving money? Are you healthier? Are you in better shape? Are you eating better? Do you feel more energized? How is this personally affecting you in your life? How is it manifesting in your body, in your wallet, in, you know, just, just all the good things that come along with it. And then also learning how to speak each person's language. So my dad loves to budget, like he loves to save money. Ooh, so for yeah. me, when I was talking to my dad, I wanted to focus on the more budget aspect side of things like, oh, well, if you ditch paper towels, then you'll be saving XXX amount of dollars a year year. Or yeah. And then for my mom, for instance, my mom, I love her and she hate, but she hates wrinkles, right? She doesn't want wrinkles. And so when I told her that plastic straws give you pucker wrinkles around <gasps> your mouth, she like has never touched a straw since, right? So it's learning how to speak their language and what matters to them. And if you can talk to their lifestyle values, and if you can show them how what you do helps them, they're so much more likely to join in and pick up so many of the tips and tricks that I talk about on my blog. That's such good advice. I just love it so much. I, I think that that's the answer to businesses as well. And we've talked about this on the show a little bit before that businesses have a bottom line. And, you know, if they can't uphold that, then they're going to go out of business. And like, we don't want that for people, right, who are, who are you know, providing a good and service that's good for us or a good business, right? So I think when they start to look at how much money they can save, like in our town, a restaurant got stainless steel ramekins for cream for coffee. And then they totally eliminated, you know, those like plastic little mm -hmm. cream things. Yeah. So they totally eliminated them. They did a little cost analysis and within three to six months, they'll be making their money back from the extra money it costs for the metal, right? So Wow. Um, that's so great. Yeah, I, I just love it so much when you can kind of put it in those terms because the environment is wonderful, um, but I think we're all different. Like people are different. We have different things that we care about. And sometimes if we can just put it into a different perspective, then it can be beneficial as well. And I had no idea that you get pucker lips uh, wrinkles from straws. <laughs> that's, that's so good then that we're eliminating them already. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I totally didn't know that. Um, and you, you also have a, a dog, N Nala, or did I, did I say it right? Nala. 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 She's so pretty. Thank you. Yeah. It's like the Lion King, Nala. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so what about that? Uh, I've thought about doing an episode on pets, but I feel like it might depress people because I think that pets are like kind of bad for the environment, but I have, I have two dogs, a cat and I have chickens. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, very pro pet and I think they're wonderful for people's mental health and for a partner and they're just great. Um, so do you have any advice about like zero waste with, with Nala at all? Yeah. Yes. I love my dog. I agree with you. I love pets. I think pets are great. I always grew up with pets. My family worked with a ferret rescue in Texas. And so we always had a lot of ferrets and we have dogs now. We recently lost uh, one dog, but we had three dogs up until very recently. So, uh, yeah, grew up with a lot of pets. So I'm with you. I love, I love my animals and Nala is great. I think she's a pretty low waste pet, honestly. So we buy our food from open farm pet, which I really like. 
They are very sustainable. They're like, they're, they do a lot of tracking for their food to make sure it's produced in an ethical way as well. Nice. And, and when it comes to buying, I will say we do try to avoid buying any beef like or any food that contains cattle just because that is so much heavier on the environment. We try to opt for the type of food that has a lower carbon footprint, for instance, like chicken or turkey. I don't feed my dog a vegan diet because I don't believe that dogs should be fed a vegan diet. While a dog can survive on a vegan diet, I don't think they can really thrive on one. So if that's like a really huge issue for you, my recommendation would be to get a pet that can really do well on a vegan diet, like a rabbit or something like that, that only eats Ooh. plants. Yeah. But Open Farm Pet is partnered with TerraCycle, so they take back all of their packaging. So to make sure it's used responsibly and recycled. And that's something I love, the fact that they're taking extended producer responsibility over the products they put into the world. So I think that is wonderful. Treats, we go to the local, we have a local pet store and they've got huge, 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 just like bowls full of treats. And you can go in with your own bag and get your own dog treats as well as a lot of her favorite toys. We really like to stick to bones. And one of her favorites is this like dehydrated sweet potato that's on a rope and she loves that. We buy one, it lasts a few months. So we don't buy it, we don't buy any of the stuffed toys because honestly she, she, she'll just destroy them. So for <laughs> anyone listening, we have a Husky, like a 50 pound Husky. So she, she'll destroy any stuffed toy in about three minutes. So we don't buy any of those for her because they do not last. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can probably hear her call her. <laughs> oh, is that her? Hi, Nala. Yes. <laughs> she, she heard her name. <laughs> oh, so cute. So, and then I will say like the one downside, right, of course, is dog poop. So in our backyard at our old place, we had a small compost pile where we would just compost her poop in the backyard. But obviously when we're out, we pick it up and we throw it away because you really shouldn't be composting dog poop with your compost if it's going to be used for growing vegetables or things that you consume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I think the bags are, are tough for people and like where to put them. So we had one city say you could put them in the compost bins like we have curbside pickup in Ottawa. And I'm not sure how that works because I think the plastic would get into the compost, right? Like it's not going to go away from there so um yeah it's weird we just have like woods around our yard so I can just use a shovel and like put it off to the side and then my dogs kind of got the idea that that's where they should go because that's where their you know their business is so they just kind of go out there anyway uh but you know a lot of people don't have a woods around their yard obviously um so I always kind of like hope that everyone's doing okay with their zero waste journey if they have pets. And I never thought about that. If you wanted to get a vegan pet, uh, bunnies would be cool. I've had a bunny before. They're kind of nice to have, I guess. So that's, that's very cool. I, I will say they make compostable dog poo bags. So maybe that's what they're thinking of. And it's good to know that your municipality accepts it because most don't. I will say there's this one really, really cool dog park in the UK where they actually power the lights of the dog park with dog poop, which I think is what? amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. How on earth do they do that? Like they have a little facility like beside the dog park or they just that's, you know, or maybe they take it to a compost facility and then they just know that that much waste is producing enough for the lights, I guess. I believe it's all done there. So when the dog poops, they have special paper bags that you use to pick the poop up and you drop it in a receptacle and it captures the methane and uses it to power the lights. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. You know what? The future is so cool. Like 
there's so much opportunity for us to just have this amazing future where like technology comes and kind of jives with like this old school stuff that we have of like growing food and doing everything, you know, nicely and good for the environment. Like I think I think we can do this. It's just we've got a lot of work to do, it seems. But I, I love that idea. Do you have any other things that you've noticed like with tech in your life that have helped you at all? Or is everything kind of more like organic? options for you. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix for sure. I, off the top of my head, I can't really think of a ton of ways that technology has helped me at this moment in time, but I'm with you on all of the different things that will happen in the future and how we can utilize technology to really advance sustainability and make it really convenient for people. I guess like one of the first things that comes to mind is one of the apps I use, which is called Forest. And it have you used it? Do you know about it? No. It basically locks your phone for productivity. So you're not allowed to get on your phone for X amount of hours that you set. And if you are successful, you plant trees. And it's this app <gasps> that plants digital trees, but then you can cash them in for real trees in real life, which is really cool. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, that's really cool. Toronto has this app. It's called Feedback. And you can see in real time where people have food, like restaurants have food that they need to get rid of. So let's say a sushi restaurant bought too much salmon and they need to get rid of it now or they're going to have to throw it in the trash. So they can just instantly reduce it 50% off and put it up on this app. So if you're walking around Toronto, you can pull up the app and see that that restaurant is like, 500 meters from you. And then you can see that they have super cheap salmon there and just like go grab it. Right. So it like helps the restaurant. It helps provide food waste. It helps the people who run the app. I think they donate other meals to charity um, when you buy a meal and then it helps people save money too. Right. That's probably one of the coolest uh, tech things I've seen, especially with. That's with amazing. Food. Yeah. It's pretty I love cool. That so much. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I just wanted to ask you about COVID, but I guess we kind of already talked about that because it is like quite a bummer. Um, my recycling bins are full now. So I used to put my recycling bins out like every few months, maybe every six weeks or something. And now I'm putting them out every other week, which is sad because <laughs> there's some packaging. Um, do you have any like maybe advice for people who are kind of like struggling right now who had a kind of turn back their zero waste lifestyle because of COVID? Well, I think it just goes back to the point that we need to make sure we're asking for more extended producer responsibility, right? And mm -hmm. one of my best tips is if you are in the States, there's currently a bill in our Senate called the Break Free from Plastic Act. And I would love, love, love to have you support it. Surfrider has an amazing page Ooh. where you can just type in your name and your address. It'll provide you a template and send it off to your senators that cover your area. It's amazing. It's so simple. Really, with, within three, five seconds, you'll be able to write a letter to your senator asking them to support this bill. And hopefully we'll get that passed because I think that's one of the best things that we can do right now is to demand that companies step up and do better. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a slow process if we are just doing it as consumers. So I kind of say on the show, it takes both of us, like it takes us as consumers, and then it also takes the businesses. So if the businesses change and just get rid of all their to-go cups, for example, right, at a coffee shop, like if there are no consumers to go there <laughs> that care, um, 
you know, they'll go out of business. So like we have to support the shops, I think, that are doing good things and then the businesses should do good things. Um, but it's tricky. It's a tough it's a tough sell. But like we said in the beginning, if you can put it into monetary terms, then sometimes that gets people to listen who maybe wouldn't listen about the environment. So I think that that's pretty good. Um, what about uh, if people are listening and they've been doing zero waste for a long time and they're doing really well at it and they kind of want to take the next step to maybe give a presentation or like kind of be an advocate in their community or like, you know, maybe give a presentation at a school or something. You've been doing this for a long time and you are you have like amazing skills at speaking and making videos and, you know, really getting the word out there. So do you have any advice for people kind of expert level zero waste who are looking to take that next step to help others? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the best things you can also do is run for local government. So I was Ooh. appointed as an advisor to the city council. I had a three-year term. I served on the beautification wow. commission. Yeah. Well, and it was a lot of That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I worked on some legislation with that, tried to make my city more green. I highly recommend that practice, getting to know your city council members, talking to them, telling them what's important to you, knowing your city clerk, knowing how to file a petition, mm -hmm. getting in touch with your community organizers. Many times there are spots in towns that are kind of community hubs, right? Like the library, or maybe you have a local charitable organization like Seroptimist the Rotary Club, getting in touch with those people, talking to them about the different things that interest you and how you'd like to share that with their communities. I'm sure if you're willing to give a free talk, help educate the community, they would be more than happy to hear from you and to help you organize this event. As far as organizing the event goes, or at least for your speaking topic, you can kind of break it down into a few a few simple categories. So about you, about your journey, how things happened, how you got to this point, talk about the problem. What is the problem? What's going on in the world? What is the solution? And then specifically, how does that solution apply to the people in your town? And what I really like about community members giving the talk is that they know the ins and outs of every single hack they've built, every single support system they've built in this community, and all of the tips and tricks. For instance, in my town, there's a bakery that I love going to. And when you walk in, they have trays and then you're handed tongs. And then you can go through all the bakery cabinets and place all the goodies on your tray. And then you get rung up and then either put it in their own bag or your bag, right? So that's a really easy place for people to reduce waste right off the bat because there's no plastic involved in the immediate transaction. It's only at the end of the transaction. I know where all the grocery stores are. I know where everything I, oh, my favorite spot is a tortilleria or they make freshly made tortillas every day. Mm -hmm. And you can go and get 20 tortillas in your own bag for $2. It's insane. And I have done so much of that legwork, right? I have walked around. I have found those places. I have discovered all of these gyms around town. So not only am I able to encourage other community members to support our local businesses, I'm also able to save them the work of having to do it for themselves. I'm able to immediately tell them where to go, what to get, 
how to buy it, and they don't even have to think about it. And in fact, you might even want to organize a field trip part of that, where maybe you go to one of those local businesses or have some of those local businesses come in and chat and tell people what they offer and how they can reduce packaging and be more sustainable in their lives. Oh, I love it so much. That's so amazing. I can actually imagine, you know, that working in any city, really, because sometimes we have resources in cities and sometimes we don't. And sometimes they're hard to find, like you said. And I think a lot of listeners will agree it takes a little while to get your routine down. But my routine is like I go to six different places. Like I have little stopovers, right? Like farmer's markets when they're open, uh, the butcher, because I have to get um, food for my dog. And then I have to go to the bulk barn and uh, I go to a different place for like glass bottles and different things. So there's like a little trail <laughs> through my city that I do. And uh, that would just be a wonderful idea. So yeah, if you're listening and you, you're you ready to go to the next level, I think that that would be so amazing. I just love that advice. That's awesome. Um, what's next for you? Uh, you're doing the book, the, the book for kids. Um, sorry, what is the, the book called again so we can watch for it? Zero Waste Kids. Zero Waste Kids. Awesome. I'm so excited for that. That's going to be so wonderful to see. And uh, are you working on anything else at all that's coming up? I'm pretty, I'm sure you're like busy with the book. Yes. So right now I just signed on to be the chief sustainability officer at the One Movement. So my next big project is working with them as they are launching their new website and their new platform and their new products. So I'm really excited to be working with them to make sure that everything is done in a really sustainable way that focuses on giving back and building a better business. Wow. What kind of uh, products are they selling? Well, we haven't announced that just yet. So you will have <laughs> to head to the website and stay tuned. Awesome. That's so exciting. Well, Catherine, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. And I just want to say thank you so much for all that you do and all the hard work that you put in. It sounds like you're you're working like crazy and doing so much for the zero waste community. And uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure chatting today. That was Catherine Kellogg. She's the founder of GoingZeroWaste.com and the author of 101 Ways to Go Zero Waste. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.